Can we turn our Bibles to Ephesians 3.14? Um, it was almost, wasn't on purpose that we were going to go through the book of Ephesians. It just kind of happened. Uh, we, we started speaking a few weeks ago about who is God, looked at a whole bunch of different aspects of who He is, His omniscience, His omnipotence. If you can remember those things, it's good to remember that God is the, the one who walks alongside you. God is the one who fights for you. He is your provider. Those are all things we need to have stuck inside of us. When we go through tough times, we have to know that God is good. We sung it tonight, that God loves us, that He wants the best for us. And sometimes uh, humans can mess it up. And sometimes church and even church leaders can mess it up and portray something of God that is not real. And uh, we need to remind ourselves who God is, who He really is. And then from that, we went into Ephesians 1 and looked about who am I. And we kind of carry on with that tonight. I skipped uh, one and a half chapters. We looked, uh, we looked at uh, the spiritual blessings of being in Christ, that we redeemed, that we justified, that we bought with His blood. Redeemed means we've been... Jesus went into the slave market, paid the price, bought us back, paid it with his own blood. We have, we have received sonship. We have received forgiveness. We have received all of these things. We do not earn it. It is given from above the moment we give ourselves to Jesus Christ. I remember a guy called Rob Rufus. Some of you know who he is. He says, um, it's, if, if your works don't get you heaven, to, to, if your work, I'm going to get this horribly wrong because I haven't said it in years. If your works, what is it, Warren? <laughs> yeah, you can't remember. If your works can't get you to heaven, your works don't get, like, take away your sonship. Okay, you can understand what I'm saying. Anyway, I'll get the, I'll get the proper thing at another stage. That was well, well quoted. And um, basically, you can't lose your salvation if, you're, if you are rooted in Christ Jesus. I think you can step away from God. I think God, God is not this big, jolly Father Christmas in the sky. There's times we can do stuff that would be like God's like, you're my son, why are you doing that thing? But He still loves us. He still pursues us. He still forgives us. He's, he he's, he's wraps His arms around us. He chases after us. And uh, so we've looked about who that is. That it's, and, I, and I spoke last week also kind of unintentionally, but really just it's never about our own works. It's never about us being good before God. It's about God who is absolutely perfect. Jesus, who is absolutely perfect, comes and dwells and lives inside of us, which we're going to read tonight. He makes His home. We are in Christ. We are saved, redeemed. We're perfected in Him, which is unbelievable. Okay. So we, the, and I, I liken it to this, is that if you look at, who's the new, the latest prince? It's Prince George. Am I right? The little boy is cute. He looks like Richie Rich. He doesn't know what's inside of him. There's a king inside of that little boy. Because of the lineage to the throne, his father, who was kind of a good-looking guy and then kind of faded off. Um, and then um, now he's eventually, he's essentially like, th- I don't know if it's third in line, I don't know how all this works, but he's going to be king. Am I right, Johnny? You want yes, yes, unless he, yes, he is third in line. And um, he, he's born with this kingship inside of us. It's inside of him. And I think it's the same with us. We, we're born with, with the DNA. We, when we're born again and we give our lives to Jesus, we're born with the DNA of heaven that we can just leave aside or we can actually pursue God. We can co- co-labor with God and find out what He's actually done upon salvation. So that's what I believe that I've been covering over the past two weeks. And then Paul writes this, and it's, I think it's very apt for today that it's... Um, Father's Day, so Ephesians 3.14, I don't know if we can put it on the, 
uh, thing. It's in the ESV. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from, uh, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. This is so rich, so amazing. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And I, I love that. I love that it's, it's not about an intellectual thing. We, sometimes our minds get in the way of us understanding truly who God is. Um, it says that it surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now here's the plan of God is for us to be filled with the fullness of Him. It's this is really good news. And we, literally, the only thing we did was say yes to the grace that was, that was set before us that we, that we, all, we, all, we almost couldn't say no. It was, if, if, if the gospel is well preached and well understood, this is such good news, who wouldn't want this good news? Who wouldn't want the gospel to come and change and radically change who we are? Now to, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so we, the amen sign shows that Paul was actually praying. Now, sometimes my prayers are like, oh God, you're so good. I mean, Paul writes in like a few lines this depth of theology and understanding of who God is that for me, if we can, and I want to encourage you over the July, August time, which is Ramadan, which is a bit of a lull in some ways with work and with people going away, read, read a chapter or two of Ephesians every day. Reread it. Read it in a different version because it's going to change who you are. And I think we, the more we understand who, who we are and whose we, who's we are, we belong to God, the more our life is going to reflect on the earth what Jesus looks like. Okay, so I'm just going to unpack a few of the verses and we're going to pray. And uh, it says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. And I love that Paul starts, his prayer, he starts a prayer and he comes in this place of humility where his knees are bowed before God. That he knows that whatever he's achieved, and he's arguably the most important figure after Jesus Christ in the New Testament in terms of how the gospel spread in and through him. And he raised up many sons that the gospel spread even further. And it was through his efforts spreading across the whole of Asia and into parts of Europe that the gospel just propelled forward in a very short period of time. And he comes before God and says, I, I can do nothing but I bow my knees before the Father. And sometimes... I think in Christianity, especially Western Christianity, we've forgotten the power of prayer. We've forgotten, uh, and, I, and some, God has to remind me, who struggles to pray in the city? Some of you are way more spiritual than I am. Kush. It's just, it's easy, eh? It's easy to pray. <laughs> and um, I, honestly, sometimes it's, it's difficult. It's like you, 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 get, you get into the, 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 the busyness of life, which is wrong, and the first thing often to go is your place of prayer. Getting on our knees before the Father. N.T. Wright, who's a commentator of the Bible, and I recommend anything that he writes. He writes in a very easy way to read, which is great for me because English was never my strongest point at school. And um, 
He just says, if, if we want to be twice as effective in the kingdom of God, we, ha- we have to get before on our knees and spend twice as much time before Him. Now, this is not works, okay? Because at the end of the day, God is the one who does it. But I think the more time we spend with the Father, we're, we're going to hear what He says. And I, Roman, we had a, an elders meeting last night, and Roman and I were just talking, and one of the things Roman said, he said, if we realize that we have the Holy Spirit with us, he will tell us what to do in a certain situation. And that one thing, in a, in a few seconds of listening to the Holy Spirit, will be more effective than sometimes years of preaching and years of counseling and years of going through all of these things. Well, I think if we, if we learn to know who God is, we bow our knees before the Father. There's a story of, uh, we all know Desmond Tutu. And uh, I think he's, he is gonna, he has already gone down in history and will go down in history as such a key part in seeing peace in South Africa, when uh, there was a time where, where it was on the brink of civil war. Uh, I was very young at that time. I remember Nelson Mandela getting released from prison. I don't know what, what year was that, 1990? 93? 1991? Okay. You were wrong. No, you're right. Okay. Um, and uh, I remember someone, uh, we were watching it on TV, and then this lady, one of my mom's friends, looks at me and she goes, you're going to read about this in your history books when you're in high school. And, and, and then you had Desmond Tutu. It came years after that, that the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And it was said of him that whenever there was a moment, a spare moment, he wouldn't go and just hang out with people. He would go and spend time with his father. And I think it was prayer that changed South Africa. And we obviously, I mean, there's, there's different nationalities here, but... If you want your city and your country to change, it starts from the place of prayer. We have to realize that we are the kings and queens of the city. That when we pray, things can happen over the city. We, we hold the gates over the city. Do you believe that? Do you believe that when we come and we gather together, that when we pray and you can stand on your rooftop and you pray over Dubai, is that actually the king of kings is in charge and we are his delegated authority to pray for his kingdom to come in the city. And we can do it over, our, we can do it over uh, our, our country of birth. Some of you are from countries where terrible stuff's going down. I know Jane lives in, uh, in the, well, is from the Ukraine. Terrible stuff going down. South Africa is, is a bit of a, on a knife edge, I think. Um, and we need to pray. We need to trust God that, that this place of prayer is the thing that's going to shift the heavens. If you want your situation in your life to change, you have to pray. I think complaining about stuff, it, it, the, the amount of time we complain about things, we should be directed to the Father in prayer. And honestly, when, um, Warren's dad, Mark Altrincham, there's the, he, leads, he, he pioneered a lot of what's happening in this region. I think he kind of pioneered and a lot of churches were planted out of that. So he's in many ways an apostolic figure in the city. And uh, the thing that I remember always about Mark is coming back to the place of prayer, back to the place of the presence of God. And and, and it was said of him the other night at his 60th that he, he never stresses about stuff. And I thought, wow, what, a, what an amazing testimony because he knows who God is. He knows God is his provider. He knows that God will always come through. He's seen God come through. And I think God, things are not going to get easier. Can I tell you that? But as our faith grows, it will seem easier because we just end up just trusting God that he's going to come through on every level for us. And then it says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. It says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. 
God, there's a, there's a family in, in, on earth and there's a family in heaven. There's, there's people who have gone before us. We don't worship the dead. Okay, it's called necromancy. It's, it's, it's evil and it's wrong. We don't communicate with the dead. It's, it's done. But there is this cloud of witnesses, which it says in Hebrews 11. And they, they're cheering us on as we grab hold of this gospel and we, and we, we move forward. We bow before our Father who has this family on earth and the family in heaven. And I, the first thing that comes for me there is that no matter what your earthly father has been like, and some of you are great earthly dads. I'm looking around the room. We've got incredible examples of what an, an earthly dad should be. But if that's not your, your reference, if that's not what you are used to, cling to the heavenly Father who is so good, so loving, will never fail you. He's a good dad. I said, I think it was two weeks ago, that sometimes a good dad has withhold stuff from us because it's not good for us in that moment. I think you end up having a spoiled child if you just pour stuff, pour stuff out on them. He's a good father. He loves us. Hebrews 12, 1, it says, uh, no, I'll skip that. Verse 16, it says, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And I've already spoken about that, but God has put so much in us. He is, he is, he, we, we should be able to go through the storms of life, like that song we sung, where is it? It says, when the oceans rise and thunders roar, I will soar with you above the storm. Father, you are king over the flood. I will be still and know that you are God. Is that when we've learned to, in maturity to, to whatever situation we face, we actually push into God first. David, he finds out that uh, he, okay, he, had this, he had an affair with Bathsheba. He finds out that his, his, his son had died. His first response is to go seek the father. He, uh, there's, there's a situation where he's a few years before that, he's fighting a battle. They, they go off and they fight the battle. They come back to realize that their wives and their cattle and everything had been taken. And the people were ready to stone and kill David. He gets on his knees and he worships. And I think we have to, we have to find, for me, maturity is a place, maturity in Jesus Christ, is that whenever we walk into stuff, we, 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 we bow on our knees, we get before the Father, we say, God, I need your strength that is inside you. It says, according to the riches of his glory, I may grant you to be strengthened with power. Whenever you, I'd say 90% of the time, whenever you see power in the New Testament, it's the word dynamis. It's, it's where dynamite comes from. It's a, and I, I think sometimes we can, we can become so restrained in our Christianity and sometimes conservative. We, where, when the God of heaven comes and meets us, there's a dynamite, there's an explosion. There's something of heaven that breaks into earth and it has to change us. It has to... Yeah, I was sharing with the worship team the other night. Um, many years ago, 14, 15 years ago, kind of just came back to God and I've told the story before, but I'm allowed to say it again because it illustrates my point. Okay. But I was really, um, I was seeking God. I was like, God, I really want to meet you. I like, and I was just asking him and asking him. And I was like, I had these friends that were meeting God. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm, I was like almost jealous of that. And I came the one time, and I was just doing sound at the back, and God broke in. And I, and I, I just started weeping for, for the whole service. The whole time afterwards, I went home, lay on my bed, Cried the whole afternoon, and I didn't know what was happening to me. I'm like, jeepers. I, honestly, those of you who know me, I don't cry. It's like, it takes a while for me to cry. But, but God came and He met with me. That's one of the moments. I've had many over my life. 
And I think we need to, we need to trust God that sometimes sovereignty comes and He breaks in. And I, God, for, and God responds to hunger. Simple. If we are hungry for more of Him, to see Him manifest in our lives, He will come and meet you. It's a simple question of asking Him. Many believers want an outer strength. We want to, we want to I think, look good. We want to have like a perception that, that, we, that we, we've got it all together. What I want to teach us in this church is that we have this inner strength. And no matter what we walk through, good, bad, we've got the inner strength of the Holy Spirit. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This is verse 17. That you being rooted and grounded in love. And I think sometimes we can, we can separate, in, in a verse like this, we take this one verse, 90% of the time uh, Paul speaks about being, us being in Christ. And we hear this verse where, where it says that Jesus lives in me, and we can almost have this individual view of Christianity. And I, I, I'm honestly convinced that we don't see the fullness of who God is and, and walk out in, in our Christianity if we are not connected to some form of other believers whether it's a local body, whether it's a, a group of Christians that are meeting in, in different places, we need to be connected into the body. It's not about ourselves, it's about Him. And, uh, but saying that, what an incredible thought, that Jesus lives inside of me. That, we had a moment last night, again, we had an elders meeting, which for me was just amazing. Like we, we sat down, and I, just, I, I opened up a scripture about David being anointed with oil, and... Uh, and the, the Spirit of God just came. Like, it honestly, it, it felt like heaven was in, our, in the room. That's honestly, I'm not exaggerating. Ram and Nushi were there. We're like, okay, well, God, what is this? He's, and, and then I just, actually, let me read that to you. If, uh, 1 Samuel 16. And I think this is a word for the church, for us individually. There's a moment where Saul goes and he's looking for um, the next king. And then he eventually looks at all the brothers. And then he finds David and he says, um, Do not look at his, on his appearance or his heart or his stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord sees, not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So then it goes, um, in verse 13 it says, Then Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And as we started reading that last night, it was just like God's Spirit was there. And He's here with us now. And He wants, to, he wants, to commun- he wants us to, be, to understand what it means to be strengthened from our inner being, from our inner man. Rooted and grounded. And uh, I want to just read the psalm. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits, no, sits in the seats of mockers, of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So if, to bring that into the New Testament, our faith is in Jesus Christ. We meditate on him, on his word. He cleanses us, he makes us whole. He, we adopt it as sons. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. God wants us to prosper in our lives. There's a scripture that speaks about our, our soul prospering. Like God is wanting us as believers to, to carry such fruit of heaven that the world looks on and sees. But we have to go deep. 
And I think that's what we've been doing in Ephesians 1 and 2, is just looking, first of all, who we are in Christ, but who God is, and letting it change us and mold us. Verse 18, it says, May have the strength to comprehend with all the saints. And I want to just say this. I want to... We, are, we have moved into a new home, which we're totally grateful for. God opened the door. Incredible. We want to adopt an open home policy in our lives. Ramanush, you were talking about it. There's many people who do it already in the church. I can look around Mark and Janine. It's just because you're right in front of me, and I know you do that often. You invite people over. But we want to... We, we, I want to build a strong community, and community happens through relationships. It's not just a Friday. Friday, if you had to count it, you'd probably count to four or five, you'd talk to four or five people. But we really have to open our homes and, and allow God to just come. If you want to see the kingdom advance, if you want to be used by God, open your home. So, and nothing fancy. Say, hey guys, we're having spaghetti bolognese. It's a, it's a bit of a tight month, but I'll make a little bit extra for you. Come and hang out at our house. Couples and married people invite singles. Singles invite couples. Let's, let's start gathering together because I feel like it's that moment that we're going to start, start seeing God break through into our lives and into our community. Verse 19, I'm leaving out a whole lot because I just want to pray for us at the end. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In verse 20, Now to Him is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think according to the power that is at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. Amen. I want you to close your eyes for a second. It says, if we believe Scripture, and we believe that it's the Word of God, and we believe that God loves us, it says, now to Him, who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask, or think. Now, think about the most amazing thing that you want God to do in and through your life. I'm not talking selfish prayers, God bring me a car. I'm talking like, God, like, if, if, just to give you an example, I, I, the, the deepest desire in my heart is to see city lights become a movement across the world. I really, I, I, my longing is to see people who don't know Jesus come, get radically changed by the power of His gospel and His goodness. Just think for a few seconds. <clears throat> now begin to ask God for that. Dream big. Okay, is there anyone who wants to share what they've what they prayed to God? I'm gonna stop picking on Bruce. Thanks, Dan. Um, yeah, I, I mean, for me, a similar sort of thing to what Dan was saying. Uh, something that always sets me on fire is when I'm doing something that God has <clears throat> given me the ability to do, and I'm seeing people affected by that. I think if, if you know, Danae and I can look back and say, like, wow, we've walked an amazing journey to see people set free or to see people changed by the love and presence of God, then then for me, that's, that's something amazing. Um, yeah, that's, that's my heart. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. Anyone else? Molly? It's your last moment. 
I'm preaching. I'm, I'm going back to South Africa, so my prayer was for South Africa. Um, I just wanted to be a beacon of hope and for people to look at it and say, this is a great nation, and God can do that. Oh, um, <laughs> why did I take it? Uh, <laughs> for me, I prayed to God and I just asked him, to use me in every single country that I would fully and completely walk in my calling um, yeah powerfully GP gonna you got something you're good you're good okay anyone else Shell and Ray I was a little greedy. I prayed for two things. <laughs> the first thing I prayed for was um, that as I go to South Africa now on holiday, that my friends there see God in me shining out and see the difference in me and, uh, and hopefully try and follow me wherever I'm going because I know I'm following the right person. And the second thing was that I just peace in my heart. Because I just don't have no peace yet. I pay for peace every day. So I just want peace in my heart because I don't have much peace right now. That's all. We'll pray for you afterwards. Okay. Cool. So this is pray. Father, I thank you for all of these words, Lord God. And your word says that you'll do way above Let's see what the Bible says. You'll do far more abundantly than we can ask or think. Lord God, and I pray that we'd begin to dream big for our lives. Lord God, I pray. I just really feel that God wants to release people again to dream big in Him. Warren, God is, God is wanting to, to, to remind you of the things that He's called you to do. And they, 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 they're, not, they're not void. They're not, they haven't disappeared it's still very much there, but just keep asking God. Keep asking God. I think sometimes we get battered with life, and we, uh, and we forget about what God is actually. There's massive things. God only sees trees and forests inside of us. So, Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, God, that, that you live within us, God, that, that through Jesus we are strengthened, Father, that through your gospel, through the goodness of who you are, Lord God, we are changed. Father, and I just I pray over us, Lord God, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation to know you better. Can we all stand?